Another thing that I want to share um, is uh, starting this Monday, we, some of our guys, um, younger guys, older guys, everybody's welcome. Uh, we're doing a fast for two weeks, so please, if, if you want to join us, it's starting this Monday. Um, if, if you can't do two weeks, do whatever you can. Um, if you can't do um, single day, fast from something that really you feel like to fast from. Um, it could be social media, it could be um, going out to a restaurant, it could be something, but you, I encourage all of us to separate something and focus on seeking God like never before. Um, the, we will be having prayer every morning at 6 o'clock, yes? 6 a.m. Church will be open. If, even if you're not fasting but you're hungry for prayer, stop by for one hour, pray, and then head out to work. Amen? <clears throat> Amen. Let's go with me to the uh, book of John, chapter 2. This scripture has been bothering me for a couple months already. You know, sometimes you, you get stuck on, on one verse and it's just keep on bothering you. And you're like, it's not really bothering, but speaking uh, to you. And you're like, okay, well, God, where, where, what's there more? What's more in, in it? Um, and I, I'm not claiming to know everything, but I do want to share what's, what's on my heart regarding this scripture. Verse 21. Sorry, let's do 23. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. Holy Spirit, we ask you to speak to our hearts. This morning we open up our hearts and we want you to speak to us. Holy Spirit, we, we want you to reveal Jesus like never before in our life. We want to leave this place different than we came in in this place. We want to leave with new challenges, with new desires, with new ideas, with new, uh, something new that you gave birth to. We ask you, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, here's the story that we find here. It's Jesus coming to the feast. He's uh, creates some miracles, he preaches, and it says that many believed in him. When they saw what he was doing, many believed in him. Many, many uh, was rejoicing over what they saw. But there was a, there was a, a little problem, but what may be actually a big problem that we find here. Although they saw the miracles, they saw the evidence of the Holy Spirit. They saw everything that was happening and they believed it. The Bible says that they believed it. But there was a problem that we find here that not everything that was as smooth as, as it seems. It says, verse 24, But Jesus did not commit Himself 
to them because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man for he knew what was in man the problem was this people are believing but Jesus is not committing himself to them people are rejoicing over what they see they they say yes you are the Son of God you are Jesus you are the Christ but there's a problem that Jesus is still not committing himself to them see I could be in the in the right place I can even share something that is right but I can have a problem that Jesus is not committed to what I'm doing And it seems like as though like Jesus was pushing them away. But no, the reason why Jesus was not committed, believe me, and, and it's based on the scripture, Jesus was more willing to commit to us than we are. He's more willing to commit. But in this picture, what we see, Jesus is not being committed to those people that just now believed in him. And the reason why he did not commit himself is because he sees the motives. And it says that there is no need for someone to testify to Jesus about someone because he knows exactly what we're going through. He knows exactly our motives. He knows exactly. And therefore, he is committed to those who are committed to him. And I found this scripture challenging for me because sometimes we can create something, we can have a good idea, we can plan something, and we can pray and say, God bless our plans. Are we 100% sure that He's committed what we are planning to do? Because He knows the motives. One of the things that we always find in the scripture when it comes to our motives, um, again, it, it's not that God is looking for us to be changed before approaching Him. It's the, it's the motive. Because He's willing to be committed to us if we have a pure motive. It says those who are, have a clean heart, they will see Him. And it's, it's not they will see Him in eternity. No, they will see Him in a daily basis. Everything that, that we do, we see God among us. Everything that we do at work, we see God is moving. Why? Because He is committed to us. He's committed to our families. He's committed to our kids. He's committed to our businesses. He's committed to our ministries. Everything we do when there is a pure motive 
Jesus becomes committed to us. When we have a pure motive, then it's, it says in Romans 8, it says, if God is for us, then who can stand against us? You know, God does not bless first the territory. He blessed us position. And if, if He finds us in the right position before Him, He will bless us. That's when the blessing begins to come. It's when He finds His church, when He finds His people in a position to seek His face, in a position of humbling themselves before Him, in a position to, to know Him more than they knew Him before. It says, if, if my people that are called by my name, see, He says, if, if my people who, who represent my name, if they will begin to pray, then God says, then I will come and I will heal the land. Then something begins to happen when, when the people of God begins to position themselves in a place where God says, I see their hearts. Therefore, I will be committed to everything that they do. For everything that they desire to do, I'm going to be committed to them. First Chronicles, it says about the king, and he did evil because he did not position or prepare his heart to seek the Lord. And he did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. Another translation says that he did not place his heart, position his heart in a place to begin to seek the Lord. And what begins to happen? Slowly he begins to do evil in the eyes of God. And again, the evilness is not uh, something that we always think, okay, it's, it's alcohol, drugs, it's this and this and this. No, evilness, oftentimes in the scripture we will find it's simply not trusting the Lord. It's simply relying on yourself. He began to do evil. Why? Because he did not place himself to seek the Lord. Psalm 119, it says, Joyfully are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil. And they walk only in His path. Those who seek His face, they will not compromise. See, compromise, it always starts with something small. Something that is not significant to us that we think, well, this is something that everybody's doing. No. Compromises, they start, that, that's how they start, very small. But He says, those who seek the Lord, they will never compromise. Why? Because when we begin to seek the Lord like never before, when we position ourselves in the place, when we position ourselves in the place where, where we're willing to humble ourselves and begin to seek God, He begins to respond to us right away. Remember the story about Daniel when he began to pray and fast for Israelites to be led out of the captivity. 
And he had a struggle for 21 days. Nothing happened. No answer. There was something happening that he couldn't receive the answer. And when the angel came, he says, the moment you place in your heart to seek my face, I already heard you. The moment we say, God, I'm not even praying yet, but in my heart, I'm already putting myself in a position that I do want to humble myself, that I do want to seek His face, that I do don't want to rely on my effort, that on my abilities. I don't want to rely on it. Why? Because I'm willing to humble myself and seek His face. Something begins to happen. We don't see it. We don't feel it yet. But something begins to happen in, in eternity. Something begins to happen. God begins to see your heart like people might not see it, but God begins to see it. He sees your heart. And He sees it only when we begin to position ourselves. Another story that we find in the book of John chapter 8, it says that many believed in Him. Again, many believed in Him after the messages that Jesus preached. And this is what Jesus says. I want to read it. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall, shall make you free. Again, similar story. People that are believing. And he still tells them, hey, if you really want to be my disciple, you need to abide in my word. And by abiding in the word of God, by being in the word of God, by remaining in the word of God, he says, in that position, you will begin to find the truth. And that truth will begin to set you free. That truth will begin to set you free from things that you're struggling with. The things that you think it's impossible to overcome. No. That truth will be revealed to you only when you begin to abide in my word. When you begin to remain in my word. See, sometimes we, wanna, we want an easy route. We don't want to abide in Him. We don't want to, we think it's a waste of time reading the, the Word. We think it's a waste of time to pray. Um, but then we want to have a breakthrough. We want to have a breakthrough. We come to worship session. We praise and we think, okay, this is, this is what it is. I feel good just because it was a good set of, uh, of songs. But then the next day I begin to feel the same way. I feel depressed, I feel discouraged, I feel uh, uh, laziness, I feel that I don't want to do anything. Why? Because I'm still bound to certain things that gets me free only when I begin to know the truth. See, in my life, I, when, when I was dealing with a bunch of stuff in my life, in my late 19s, uh, my life was a, a truly a roller coaster. And I thought that I need to fix myself before actually approaching God. I need, to, I need to do something that then I will be a perfect guy. But it didn't work like that. Until one man in our church, one of our elders, he came up to me and says, Hey, simply just remain in the Word. Ignore all the things that you're struggling with. Just remain in the Word. Remain in the Word. 
And one of the first scriptures that, that was opened up to me is, if you abide in me, in my word, then you are a true disciple and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That scripture was, was like, it was like this, it gave birth to this desire to begin to seek God like never before. It gave birth to something that I, I didn't even know that it's existing. Yes, I heard from people, but my personal experience with the Word of God, my personal experience with the truth of God began when I simply opened up a scripture and said, Holy Spirit, I need you. If you're not going to help me, and it's, it's pointless for me to read the Word. It's pointless for me to study if, if the Holy Spirit will not help. And then when the truth of God begins to set you free, you begin to walk in that freedom. Then you look back and you're like, man, there was so much that God did in my life. So much. But this morning I want to say there is so much more that God is willing to do in our life. There is so much more that He wants to do. That's why He's, 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 he's knocking on our hearts to begin to seek Him like never before. He's knocking. Not because, not because there's certain things that we need to... We need to change and just simply wait, well, when is Jesus coming and then we will be saved and that's it. No. What God is, wants, wants to do, he, everything that He does, He does to produce the fruit. He doesn't sanctify someone just, just for them to, to flow on the, on the pink cloud and everybody is are amazed how holy they are. No, He's doing it. He's sanctifying us for one purpose so you and I, we can bear fruit. You and I, we have a calling. This church has a calling from God. We have a calling from God to do. There's something that we need to accomplish. Hallelujah. This is what Jesus says in John 15. You did not chose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the fruit will give you, so the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. What I want to see is that we, we did not chose ourselves. God chose us. He found us. He invited us. And He says this, that I chose you so you can go and bear fruit. Everlasting fruit. So this fruit will remain in you. You know what I was thinking lately is um, how God works. Jesus comes to this earth and he, he picks 12 disciples. Simple guys. Young guys. Bible says that they, they weren't really into scripture even. Simple guys, the, most of them loved fishing, did uh, some small businesses, and God chose them. He's like, okay, follow me. But notice that 
he chose more people. He chose, he, he told someone, hey, follow me. And he's like, well, can, you, can I go and bury my father and mother and then I'll come and follow you, Jesus. Says, Allow the dead to bury dead. And he keeps on going. Not everybody that was willing to go with Jesus, they were actually capable of doing it. Because it was it required to leave everything behind. Because disciples asked him a question, Jesus, we left everything behind. What, what is there, what, what are we going to receive from it? And here we see that those, those disciples that was chosen by Jesus, simple guys. And here's what Jesus tells him. He says, you will be sitting on the 12 thrones and judging 12 tribes of Israel. Just think about it. Jesus is sitting on the throne judging and those 12 simple guys that were willing to leave everything behind and follow Jesus. Just imagine the authority that He gives them. He says, you will be sitting on 12 thrones and you will judge 12 tribes. The authority that they, they already began to walk on this earth just because they chose to follow Jesus. Just because their motives were clean. Just because they choose to follow Him completely. Jesus says, I will position you in the place of authority in heaven. You will be placed in there. And, so, and it's like, you look at it and you're like, man, God, how could you transform those simple guys to be on the thrones judging 12 tribes of Israel. But then I found this, that in Christ Jesus, you and I, we are chosen. In Christ Jesus, you and I, we're placed, we're seated in a higher place with Christ. We're there. You and I, if we begin to follow Him like never before, if we, if we not, not to, not, if we will not stop if our motives will, begin, will still be clean, if we allow the truth of God to cleanse us, we will be in the places that you would never imagine to be. We will be there. Why? Because He's dealing with the church that is preparing herself. I am the true grape wine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. See, when we are remaining in Him, when we begin to walk in the, in the truth, then He begins to prune us even more so we can bear fruit even more. Because when we think, okay, well, pruning, it's, it's, it's painful. Yes, it is painful, but it's necessary. It's necessary for us to begin to produce more fruit if we are getting cleaned. 
See, sometimes God begins to work with us when you, when you don't know what there's to be changed in you, but then you begin to seek His face and then you begin to remain in the Word and then you begin to see the truth of God and you begin to see it and, you see, and you're looking at yourself and you're like, man, I never thought that I have so much jealousy. And then you begin to ask, Holy Spirit, I, I don't want this jealousy in my life. I need you to prune it. And He'll come and He will prune it. And then you will begin to produce more fruit. Then when you see someone, someone getting blessed, you're not jealous. You're just, you're just rejoicing over them. Why? Because you've been clean from it. You begin to produce fruit of, of joy in your life. See, practically when we think, okay, well, there's nothing to change. Wait a minute. Go ahead and begin to seek His face. Because Jesus says, those who love the light, they come towards the light. And when they come towards the light, they begin to see the things that needs to be pruned in their life. And I believe with all my heart that if, if, we, want, if we want seek God like never before, we will never see things that God wants us to see. Just because Israelite had a prophecy that the promised land belongs to them, they still had to fight for it. They still had to come and fight for it. That's in the same way God had a promises for the last days, had promises for this local church, had promises over your life. But let me tell you, there's a lot of promises that you and I, we have to fight for it. We can't just sit and wait that some, somehow this promise will just be offered to me on the, on, the, on the plate. No, for the promises of God, most of the time, you and I, we have to fight for it. We have to declare those promises. We have to go over for those promises. Not every promise comes to us immediately. Every promise that God has in Christ Jesus, every promise that God promised in Jesus, they, the Bible says they are yes and amen. They're 100% true. God does not lie when He promised something. But it's our walk with Him makes those promises available to us. Because God does not bless location. He blesses position. When we position ourselves to seek His face, He begins to bless us. And everything that we have, even the place that we have, begins to be blessed. Why? Because we position ourselves in a place where we want to seek His face. See, it says, Jesus, He's full of grace and truth. He's full of grace and truth. That means He's willing to love anyone on this planet. He's willing to change anyone on this planet. But at the same time, He's willing to speak the truth in your life. The way He loves us, it's not only when He came and died. No, He loves us with His grace. And at the same time, He's willing to speak to our life with the truth. And when we accept the truth, the truth begins to change us. It begins to set me free from things that were holding me back. Only the truth of God that sets me free. I know that we do. We have a song that the presence, your presence is, is my weapon. But actually, the Word of God is my weapon. It's the Word of God, my weapon. When I know the truth about myself, 
when I know the truth about my family, when I know the truth about my ministry, when I know the truth about my work, when I know the truth about my business, when I know the truth of God about my life, I can walk freely. Why? Because the truth of God sets us free. The truth of God places us in the position where we can be free completely. It's the truth of God. But the way God is working with us, He wants us to always follow Him. Always following Him. He doesn't change us in one event. He changes our identity. But in the process, we begin to change. We begin to see more and more and more and more. And every, every layer comes off more and more. And we, become, uh, we, we begin to walk in the freedom like we never walked before. Why? Because we know more truth than we knew the truth yesterday. The truth of God is given to us so we could walk in freedom. And it gets experienced in the simple way, in the simple way when we simply choose to say, God, I just want your Holy Spirit to speak to me through your word. And he, when he begins to speak, that's, that's, that's something you begin to experience. You begin to experience. And I do believe that God speaks through messages, God speaks through sermons, He speaks through podcasts, but He wants you to separate this, this time where you begin to seek the truth for yourself. You know, where there was a moment when Jesus was talking to this woman by the well. Her life gets changed. She runs to the city and she says, come and look the, the man who told everything about my life. And they go out there, they begin to listen to Jesus. And then after they say this, now we believe not because we heard from you, but because we heard ourselves. Sometimes you can believe from someone and that could push you closer to Jesus. But the reason why you're close to Jesus is because He wants you to hear for yourself. And I believe for every believer should come to a place where we can say, not, I believe not because I heard from my parents, not because what I heard from my pastor, not because what I heard from my leader. No, it's because I simply had a conversation with Jesus myself and He spoke to me and He set me free and I noticed this truth that I never knew before and now I'm walking in this truth. See, I believe with all my heart that every promise that God gave us it will come to pass, but He will do everything that is possible to put us in a, in a place where we would begin to seek His face. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Can I have a worship team, please? You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit itself. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me.
everything that God does in our life everything that he does he's he wants us to remain in him through the word we remain in him through the word and the the goal of us remaining in him it's simply that the fruit will be there and when it comes to the fruit the fruit is not for us to to boast about it the fruit that comes in our life is for someone that is next next to us if if I claim if I claim that I and this is what John says if I claim that I love God that I know God but I don't love my neighbor I'm lying but how, how can I love my neighbor if I don't abide in him it is impossible to love someone with your human love it's impossible it's only when we abide in him his love begins to be evident in our life it begins to flow can we all stand I want us this morning to pray and when we worship you know I sometimes I would find myself in a place where what I would I would know that I need to devote more time when I know that I need to seek him more I know those uh, those those things but th there was something that was holding me and what I learned lately is just simple if I would position myself in a place just honesty and say God I know that I need to do this but I don't have strength I don't have enough will to do it I don't have anything just for me to begin to seek you I need your grace and just because I begin to position myself in a place of, of seeking Him more than yesterday, I begin to see His grace in my life. Because sometimes I could put all my effort, okay, now I'm gonna fast, now I'm gonna pray, now I'm gonna do this and this. And then you do this for two days and the third day you even forgot about it, your promises. But when we begin to ask him simply God I need I can't do this but I need your help I know I need to do this I know where I need to be but with my own effort I can't I can't go there unless you help me see when when the Holy Spirit begins to come and begin to guide you it would be so simple so simple that after time goes by you would look back and you would say wow it was such a some simple things that I had to do to be where I'm at now because sometimes we wait for this the voice of God from heaven That says the Lord do this and this and we feel the earthquake and they're like okay from now on I will do it no you know as a matter of fact Israelites they saw shaken mountain they shot they saw the uh, pillar of fire pillar of uh, cloud they saw all this 
but yet they did not enter to the promised land because they choose not to believe God. They choose not to trust God. So after this prayer, I just and in this prayer, I want you to just open up your heart and say, Holy Spirit, I want you to guide me. I want you to, to direct my life. I want you. You might standing in, uh, standing here and thinking, well, I, I, I have a solid walk with God. Trust me, there's more. There is more in God. There is more for this local church. There is more for your life group. There is more for your family. There is more for your business. There is more in God. There is, he says there is no limit in Him. When He gives His Spirit, He gives with no measure. There is no measure when it comes to God. But it requires our position before Him. When we position ourselves. Come on, lift your hands right now in His presence. Begin to pray, hallelujah.